Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast, episode number 252 with the one and only adventure guy, guru, Mark Frederick. How are you, Mark? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today, Dale. Not a problem at all. Now, we're going to talk a lot about building meaningful connections, relationships, uh, trust, uh, and I know we're both teachers, but these are things that anybody can use in any aspect of their life because you are a guru. Uh, you can tell by your accent that you obviously we're from complete different sides of the world, but we both have a passion for this. But before we get into that, Mark, you've recently, uh, we're not been talking to you a lot because you've recently presented um, at our online summit and we've done a bit of stuff together now. And since then, you've had a pretty severe uh, surgery. So pretty, pretty full on. Do you want to talk about that? And maybe before you had it now, how are you going? <laughs> Sure. Well, you know, I do teach adventure education and uh, life, life itself is an adventure. Back in, uh, back in the fall, I started to experience uh, nerve, nerve pain in my right arm. And uh, I thought maybe it just had pinched a nerve and, uh, you know, started seeing a chiropractor and then chiropractor sent me to, you know, a uh, neurosurgeon who sent me for an MRI. And it turns out I had a completely fragmented, blown out, depleted disc in my neck which was pretty serious. And that, um, that was putting pressure on my nerves, which caused then my right arm to have almost no feeling or a constant, a constant pain, which was hard to live through. So I opted for, um, I opted for surgery. And I recently had in February, I, I went into surgery and I had, um, a disc replaced, uh, taken out and I had a prosthetic disc put in and I now have a, a titanium plate holding together my C6 and C7 vertebrae. And that was only, it'll be six weeks this week. And I feel great. And most importantly, Dale, I'm living pain-free and wow. I'm excited to get back to, I'm excited to get back to, you know, uh, teaching adventure education fully this spring. Uh, I'm doing modified team building stuff right now, but uh, I can't wait to get back out on the ropes course and work with my young students at camp this summer. So they say within 12 weeks, you should be back to normal, but no one should live with nerve pain because it is not, it is not something that should be taken lightly. It was definitely uncomfortable. Yeah. So, and, and with a job like you've got, mate, you know, uh, like you, you're with young kids all the time. They don't get much of your attention. So when they do, you've got to be on, you've got to have a lot of energy. How hard is that when you're feeling absolutely rubbish with nerve pain? Um, it, it is hard. It is hard and no pun intended, but you know, you go to school with a mask on and for a while, you know, we all went to school with a mask on, but I'm talking a different mask. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. We're all used to the COVID mask, but, uh, every day teachers have to go to school wearing a, a mask, no matter what mood you're in at home or what happened, you know, at your house on the way to work, as soon as you show up, you got to flip a switch and you got to be on, you know, because that first period class is coming in and they want to see you at your best. And if you're at your best, you know, the, the students will respond. If you come in in a bad mood or you come in tired, it just it's almost like it's contagious, you know, and, and students are going to ask, why should I perform? So when I was going through nerve damage and nerve issues with my right arm, I was actually teaching health classes in the wintertime. And Dale, you know what it was? I was, I was straight up honest with my students. And I said, here's what I'm feeling today. 
Um, my right arm can barely move. I'm going to be moving it around a lot in class today. I don't want you to think anything of it. It's just I'm in a lot of discomfort and a lot of pain. But we're going to go through this and we're going to get through this, you know, today in a positive way. And we're going to kind of block this out. And with your energy and your enthusiasm, I'm going to forget about what's going on with my right arm. So that's kind of how I dealt with it. But I never went to work and complained about it. And I never made it a point to let the kids think that I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think that vulnerability that you shared with them, um, that that's, a, that's another way of building connection, isn't it? That you were very open and honest with them. And um, I think a lot more people are realizing that now. Um, absolutely. And that's one of the things that as an adventure educator, we always stress to, um, you know, to come, come to class, come expecting to, you know, say how you're feeling. And it's okay if you're not feeling 100%. It's okay to let your classmates know or let me as your teacher know that you're down or something happened and you're not gonna, you're not gonna be full energy today, you know? But I always ask students to, no matter what mood they're in, just try to give me your 100% honest best. And if you can walk out of there and say, I gave Mr. Friedrich, or I gave my classmates my best, then you should be happy with that. But your best may not be, you know, what someone else's best is that day. Everyone goes through these lulls or these highs in their emotions. And what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to hide them because that's when we could have an issue, especially now, you know, when we get to high ropes and climbing, if you have someone who's distracted because they're feeling sad or down, you know, I'd rather know the student is, not feeling a hundred percent and maybe not put them on a belay system or not have them climb that day, yeah. you know, and so we can figure out what's going on with them. So definitely um, it's huge for connections. And we try to, I try to teach honesty and be upfront and forward with me and that'll make our relationship much stronger. Yeah. And I know people are listening here so wise and that's, you've had now, don't quote me from right here, 27 years educator Milburn High do you want to explain why you are the guru and the you know your your resume I suppose Mark because people that's where you're going to get that buy-in from everyone because mate you have done it all you present all over the world I don't want to steal your thunder but tell people mate you are the guru uh, uh you know I don't know if guru is where maybe guru means something else down in Australia <laughs> but uh it, it's, a, it's a positive it's a positive put it that it, way it's a positive it's a positive thing um i could tell you this i am just a passionate adventure education teacher who really enjoys each day going to work and sharing my 100% love for this activity uh with my students and um i consider myself fortunate i i live 5 minutes from where i work I grew up in this area. I, I'm 22 miles west of New York City. I live in a beautiful town called Maplewood, New Jersey, and I teach in Milburn and their neighboring town. So definitely have not traveled too far from where I grew up in New Jersey. But teaching adventure education, that came, I would say, in about year 10 of this journey. I've only been teaching adventure education for 17 years now at Milburn High School. And prior to that, we didn't even have a program. Um, so I kind of fell into a situation where they needed someone to go for training. I was into this kind of stuff. I had never done it before. Life is about taking chances. Life is about challenges, taking risk. And I was new to the school. So of course, you know, Dale, what I'm going to tell them, uh, yes, I'll go for training. 
And they sent three of us down to um, Covington, Georgia, which is a short ride from Atlanta to Project Adventure, who's a world leader in the adventure education industry. And, and we got certified in four days. And before you knew it, we were running this program. It really didn't take off. It didn't take off. And I didn't realize my potential in it until I actually did my uh, second master's program in adventure education. And I did that at Plymouth State University uh, online program for adventure education. That's located up in New Hampshire. And that was amazing because I got to go around and take workshops and training sessions with some of the world's best adventure educators from high five adventure learning in Vermont to project adventure up in Beverly, Massachusetts. And when I went to these workshops, I just fell in love with what I was learning. And then I said, you know, I could probably do this. And that's when I turned it into, you know, not only my passion in school where I became full-time adventure education, but I also turned it into, let me share my passion with other teachers. And what better, what better than to, you know, teachers helping teachers is kind of the motto around here. And, you know, if I can share what I love and what I do with, you know, a veteran teacher or even a new teacher coming out of college, then um, that's, that's great. You know, and uh, I've been doing now, I've been presenting uh, locally at the state level, nationally, and now through you, I can say internationally uh, for about 10 years, 10 years now. I, I love really the been- progression. I love the progression it- there, Mark. And I, I think that's brilliant that uh, if you're always open to new ideas, you never know what will come your way. And that sounds exactly what it's been like for you, mate. Absolutely. Um, I'm not one to just do the same thing over and over again. Uh, I think you become stale. It becomes mundane. If it becomes mundane, it's not enjoyable anymore. So um, I'm constantly looking to add something new, constantly looking to add something new or try something new. You're, you know, you're a lifelong learner in adventure education. You're always coming up with great ideas. And, you know, when you can turnkey it and you see the, you see work with your students or in a workshop with, with adults, you know, it really gives you energy. And that's what that's I mean, I'm all about high energy when I teach and high energy in my program. And, you know, to think that in 17 years, we took a program from its inception to national to now through you worldwide recognition, because now, you know, Melbourne High School Adventure Education is part of the Healthy Minds Positive Vibes 3.0 Summit coming up. And that's just that's just incredible to think about. Yeah, well, that's and I think, like you said, and great, uh, great reminder for people out there that there is always opportunities, but you've got to you've got to seek those opportunities and try and grow. And like you said before, you're always learning. So I can imagine through the the two lots of masters that you've done, Mark, and everything, uh, all the PDs and all the workshops around the world, building relationships is at the forefront of anything. You can never deliver anything. And I know you're big into this connection before content. How important in all the training you've done and now your stuff is building those relationships, that trust. You know, it was always big. It was always big. It was the foundation of our adventure education program because we always begin ground level with icebreakers, problem solvers, trust builders. But it really became huge with the SEL and the connection activities when we were virtual during the pandemic. And you had to teach students team building and connection activities through, through a Google Meet or Zoom. Mm. And what I learned from my students is that they wanted to connect. 
and they wanted to open up their microphones and they wanted to just converse with each other, but they couldn't because they were at home. So we took a chance. I took a chance and I worked with a lot of people, um, a lot of people, including, I mean, I, I came all the way down to Australia and, and hooked up with uh, Mark Collard over at Playmio and he spent time with me and, and really guided me into how to, how, to, how to pull this off virtually. And so when I saw that it could work virtually, now that we're coming out of the pandemic, Dale, connection before content is my first and foremost in a venture education class. I mean, it, it builds the relationships, which you need, you know, if you're gonna trust your classmates to, to belay you. It, so it, it definitely improves relationships in your class. It makes anything you teach, health, physical education, coaching, it makes the content way richer. Um, we talked about trust or you mentioned trust before. I mean, I do a whole unit on trust building because I mean, what, what greater trust than to have your classmates eventually be on the end of your rope to belay you for climbing 30 feet up in the air or zip lining. You know, so building trust is important. The SEL, the social emotional learning benefits, you know, we all know about those. Those are so important today. Um, but most importantly, Dale, I don't ever want students coming to my class and feeling like, you know, participation barriers, like they can't participate, they can't be themselves. And I also want them feeling emotionally safe. Last year during the pandemic, you just never knew what someone was gonna say in your Google Meet. And that was always my biggest fear is that someone was gonna get hurt emotionally, you know, or psychologically in a Google Meet, and then you'd have to do damage control. So we always, you know, we always made sure we focused on connection before content to prevent any of that from happening. So I've seen the benefits in a lot of what I'm doing now, including the stuff that I'm doing for connection craze and the healthy minds, positive vibes. Summit are products of the pandemic. Resources I learned about and activities I learned about during, you know, COVID-19 lockdown and virtual learning that I'm now saying this is coming with me out of this. So I know those were, it was a year and a half of being home and it was really tough on people, but so many positive things came out of that experience for me in year 25 and 26. Yeah. You know, I so love I, it. I was one of those people where I actually said, I'm going to be sad to see virtual learning go because I actually, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but it definitely can't replace the live interaction, but it was great to create something special in my virtual venture education classes in the fall of 2020. And when I, when I saw my students really enjoyed it, uh, it made everything worth it. Yeah. So true. And I think that that human connection is, you can, that is the one thing that we've been missing and we've been craving. And I know from a lot of work I'm doing, people are very anxious and stressed about coming back face to face because it's so, it's unusual. As you said, it's been a year and a half, two years or whatever that people may have still been teaching online or working from home that have felt scared leaving their house. And that's why it's so important, like you just said, the skills of building those relationships, making people feel safe, breaking down barriers, building that connection again. So what are some of the, Obviously, not just for virtual, but face to face. What are some of the the best do's and don'ts for you know for people out there that may be like, oh, I really want to do this, but I'm a little bit unsure. Well, I mean, that's that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, number one, you you as the facilitator, one hundred percent. Not only do you have to sell the activity, you have to buy in hundred percent. 
You know, anyone can take a, a ball and roll it out and say, go play soccer, you know, and just watch the kids play soccer and they'll end up having fun. But if you're going to facilitate a team building activity or a trust building activity, you have to be part of it. And I think what the, what the students at my school love is that I do connect with them and I do play with them. I'm still, I'm always supervising, always facilitating, but I will spend time actually getting, you know, to know each other in the get to know activities. I will, like the other day, for example, Dale, we did, I had a small class of five students and I one student needed a partner and we were doing blindfolded activities. So I took my students from the gymnasium. They had to lead their partner blindfolded down to the cafeteria, which is a good walk through the school without running into anything and steering them through the hallways of a school. And I steered the one boy down and then we got to the cafeteria and I said, okay, now you have to steer me back. And I put my blindfold on and that young man got me back down to the gymnasium. And I had someone come up to me and like, wow, that's some serious trust you must have. You're coming off of neck surgery (laughs) and you have one of your students leading you down the hallway with a blindfold. But I think what that young man got out of that was my teacher 100% trusted me. Oh, he trusted yeah, for me. sure. And that, that made it more meaningful for him. It makes it more meaningful for me. I get to know my students way better. Um, so definitely you have to sell it. You have to buy into it. All right. You have to promote it. Um, and again, everything we do is always challenged by choice. Challenged by choice principles been around for longer than me. Um, you know, it's well known that you participate at the level that best suits you. For example, Dale, if, if I throw out an essential question, what is something that's made you happy in the last two weeks? You might just feel comfortable saying I had ice cream last night, but you know, I might feel comfortable telling you all about the ice cream and describing it and telling you where I got it from. We both answered the question at a level that was best for both of us. So I always, you know, if you aren't comfortable yet, and you want to give a one word answer, that is fine. But if you want to elaborate, no one's going to stop you as long as you're on task and you're, you're willing to open up and connect. Yeah. So are they, that's obviously something that you are very open with at the start that you set those boundaries. And um, like you said, challenged by choice. It's not something that halfway through when one student's shared everything and the other one's so nervous to speak. Um, again, that's the foundation, isn't it? It's the foundation. The other thing we do in the beginning, Dale, we, uh, we use kind of the, the, the educational zones, the comfort zone, the stretch zone, and the panic zone. And we kind of tie it into who you choose as far as partners when we do these activities. So if I tell you to partner up on day one, you're probably going to choose one of your friends, which is your comfort, for, your comfort partner. You might have a stretch partner, a stretch partner. You might have that person in your math class or your science class, and you might know their name, but you don't know much else about them. And then your panic partner, because our classes are grades nine through 12 mixed, your panic partner, it's going to be um, someone you don't know. And do you have the courage to go up to a brand new individual and introduce yourself and, and do this activity? Now, the goal is, and I asked the students this, by the end of our eight week marking period, how many panic partners should we have? And the answer is always going to be zero. Everyone's a comfort partner. Mm. For my seniors, my, my, eight, my 17 and 18 year olds who are going off to college, 
I tie it into life experiences. You're, you're leaving Melbourne High School and you might be going to, you know, Arizona State University out in Arizona or Miami, University of Miami in Florida. And when your parents leave, you have to go meet people if you want to fit in and you want to have a good time. And then when you graduate college, you're going to move into an apartment and maybe start your uh, start a career. And that first day at your job, you're going to need to go meet people. So I try to, I try to definitely um, instill in these, in these students that meeting people and conversing and building relationships is a life skill and it's essential for your mental health. It truly Ooh. is Ooh. essential for mental health. Uh, it's so true. And I think that's one that's social isolation and, uh, the the safety net of a phone or technology these days, Mark, is making that skill, like you just said, um, really hard. And a lot of people get that social anxiety. So I love the way you've labeled that. So like a panic partner, a safe partner. Do you feel by doing that, it gives the students that challenge, I suppose, that, all right, this is, I need to get around these. I want that. That's my end goal. By giving it a label, I, I really like that. Uh, definitely, definitely. And um, most of the time, it'll be my upperclassmen, my, you know, my 11th and 12th graders who are like 16, 17, 18, who will be going up to my 14 year old freshmen, my ninth graders. Yep. And you can see it starting to happen. And then once they start doing that, the younger students will see, okay, this is not so intimidating. And they're actually pretty nice. And they're helpful. And they're, they're you know, they rely on their prior knowledge in my class because in my class adventure education at Melbourne high school you can take it multiple times throughout your high school career we're an elective program so if, if you have it in your schedule where you need to take a physical education class you could sign up for me multiple times I've had students throughout their four-year career take the class eight times and then ask me at the end at the end of that experience hey can I work at your summer camp with you you know, wow. so that's, that's kind of cool because you see it starting to happen. I have a couple of students right now who really want to work with me this summer when I work at a day camp. And, um, you know, I said to him, I said, you've earned that right. You've taken the class several times. Your skills are great. You work well with others. So I can totally see you doing this over the summertime. And that's always a great experience as a teacher and educator when you can bring someone on board to work with you. Oh, well, like you just said as well, sitting back as an educator, it's, it's creating that environment or anywhere as a facilitator, creating an environment where you actually don't need to do anything. And like you just said, you must feel pretty proud when your seniors, you know, take that lead and do that. But then also they want to work with you. That's essentially your role of facilitation, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. And I can tell you this, when they leave your class, when they leave your class at the end of a day, uh, and they say, thank you. Have a good night. See you tomorrow. You know, these are high school students. Not every high school student's doing that, you know, or when they come in and you say, you know, hey, leave your phones to the side, come on over and let's get going right away. You know, and they do. It's great. You know, because I mean, I, you know, the last thing I want to do is waste anyone's time. And when these kids come in and they get to work right away, it's not because they were told to, it's because they want to be working. They want to be climbing. They want to do stuff. You know, I have a first period class where I said to them because of my surgery, I said, I'm going to need you guys. If you get to school early and you're sitting down, instead of going through your phone, can you come over and help me set up? This morning, I had six students 15 minutes before the bell 
helping me set up, you wow. know, and, and tying up the knots and, and laying down the mats. And, you know, it, it really is nice because I think, you know, through the connection and the team building process, you know, we built something special together and um, they have a respect. They have a respect for, you know, adventure education and what, and what I'm trying to do at Melbourne High School. So it's, it's wonderful. I'm just listening to what you're just saying there. That's, I know you, neck surgery is not something you want, but that's, a, that's also a really big positive because by you not being able to do it, you've allowed, you've, you've opened the door for that, you know, that respect. And that's what they respect you, Mark. You've built that. And then they're part of your gang now that they come in and they're helping. They, you give them ownership. I think that's brilliant. The other thing I did during, during surgery, we had a school holiday. We had a school break. So I missed three days, then we had a holiday, and then I missed two more days. So the holiday was a, a week long. During the holiday, I would send updates on how I was feeling to them. And I actually got replies back. I'm so glad you're doing better. Uh, that's awesome. Keep going. I did a lot of walking uh, during, during recovery. I walked like 68 miles in a week uh, during recovery, and I was updating them. Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm occupying my time by walking. And when I got back, they were like, really like, wow, you did a great job. You look awesome. Or like I took the collar off. I had a neck collar, a high neck collar on for four weeks. And when I walked in last week without a neck collar, they noticed. Yeah. They noticed. And they said, wow, you look good. You know, you're moving around nicely. And um, that meant a lot. That really meant a lot, you know, that you could count, I could count on them to lift things because they have a weightlifting uh, restriction right now. And so if I had something heavy in class, I, I would just ask them and there was no hesitation. They would just do it. You know, you don't always get that from a teenager. No, you know, you, no, you don't, you don't, you but, don't. But, but you've just taught them so many life literacy skills that are essential. Like they are essential to, to dominate the world, you know, building relationships, you know, talk to anyone, making people feel safe, um, feeling confident enough to go up and speak to somebody or helping out when they need it. You've just created all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think they can see that adventure education, the skills you're learning through an experiential education class like this, you can apply in the real world. And I often tie it into real world experience. Yeah. You know, and do you think, uh, do you think that's where, do you think that's where the light bulb goes off to, you know, that the things they're trying, they're doing new things, they're putting themselves out there in a, in a high risk situation, but they're also they can't do it without other people's trust or without a team behind them. That's it's really a life like analogy. Absolutely. And you know what? I mean, like, for example, we're right now, we're currently climbing in our indoor on our indoor challenge course. And we have about a 25 foot high climbing wall with four stations. And I always tell them that you're not being assessed on making it to the top of the wall you're being assessed on trying it and getting that experience. And it's okay to walk away from that wall and say, wow, that wall really got the best of me. I only made it up 10 feet. But you also now have a new respect for not only climbing walls and the challenge that it gave you, but you have a respect also for your classmates who could do it. And keep an eye out for your classmates who do make it look pretty easy and notice how they're not bragging, you know, but you're all getting the same assessment you climbed challenge by choice to the level that best met your needs emotionally and physically. And if you can't physically climb up the wall, that is okay. But I want you to try it. 
So you can walk away and say, that was really hard and it's okay that he couldn't do it. Because my students are really, they're, they're academically very successful and they thrive on perfection, which I love about that. But sometimes that's not a good thing because if you can't physically do something that could bring you down emotionally and it's okay not to complete everything, but I do want you to try everything. Mm. There's so many great lessons there. And I, I think the big one I love about it, uh, I think too often it's the comparison game uh, that we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. Uh, but everything you're saying there and, and instilling in them, it's about trying new things. It's okay if you are not able to do it, but just giving it a go. That's how you learn. It is. You know, what? the other fun thing I've been doing with them, um, I have a no cell phones policy in my class because I mean, teenagers will be on their cell phone all the time. And I'll tell them in the beginning, you know, leave your cell phones on the side. However, when we start to climb, if you want to go up and document a climb, absolutely. So I'm not having students climb up 25 feet and they're doing <laughs> selfies. And, you know, and it's fun because they get to then promote what they're doing in class with their loved ones. And I'll, they'll come down. I'll say, let me see the picture. And they'll show me the picture. I'm like, text your parents that picture right now. Wow. You know? And it's pretty cool because moms and the moms and dads and the parents and the guardians, they, they, they don't always know what their students are doing in gym class, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but they don't know what adventure education is about. And so often, like during back to school night, the parents will say, we didn't even know this program existed. So I try to advocate as much as possible the, the wonderful things we're doing um, at Melbourne High School for our adventure education program. I think what you've just mentioned there, though, Mark, is it's a really valid point because, yes, we don't want kids or anybody in a workplace, wherever you are, you don't want people on their on their phone all the time, but you don't want to completely restrict them because then they want to rebel and get that. Whereas let's highlight and use it for the positives and then share that. That's a, it's a very simple message, but why don't more of us do that? It, yeah, it's great. And like last year during the pandemic, we did virtual knot tying. I was teaching them the essential... Um, single figure eight climbing knot, and they all received the rope. They either purchased the rope on Amazon or they went to the local Home Depot or they came to school and picked one up from me. And they were all tying at home. And then their assessment was they had to create a TikTok or a video <laughs> of them of them teaching me how to tie the knot on their phones. And then they submitted the videos. It was amazing, amazing, because they I got to do something with their phone. And some of them put some fancy edits in it and some music, but it was truly, it was an awesome experience. And then we also used them for uh, connection walks. When, uh, when they were home, I, I would send them out on adventure hikes, which might be a 25 minute hike, but I would give them one or two essential questions and they had to use their phones to record their answers, video format, kind of selfie format. And, you know, some of these students went on like two, three minutes you know, with their answers. And that's when you knew the student felt comfortable mm. and they weren't worried about how they looked on their phone. They were just chugging along, walking and talking and connecting and then submitting those. So I've used cell phones for a lot of different activities. And I think the students understand that if done right, you know, that, that device that so often brings people down can be used in a positive way too. Yeah. But I, I think what you're doing as well is you're relating back to their world, you know, TikTok and selfies and all these things. Uh, well, that's that's their life now. So, all right, let's embrace that and use it uh, to allow them to practice skills that we want them to, you know, like being confident in front of a camera, being able to talk about a topic, 
Um, and if they feel safe doing that in front of a lens, well, the jobs they're probably going to do when they leave high school or uni or wherever, they may not even be creative because the technology is not there yet. But having the confidence to do that, that's brilliant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, even during the pandemic, we had um, our school district had a uh, camera on policy and that made it so much better to connect with students. I, yep. I, and this, the, the people around the world who couldn't, who didn't have their cameras on and had to teach. I know my, the educators in my professional learning network, you know, they were telling me horror stories about how they couldn't see their students because they didn't have to have uh, cameras on. And it's so hard to connect to a, a blank screen. Oh, like it's it's impossible. And I well, I, I think everyone experienced that presenting or doing so it's like doing a podcast here in America, I'm in Australia. If I didn't have the camera, if we didn't have the camera on, how do you how are you speaking, how are you figuring out facial recognition or anything like that? Uh-huh. So I think it's as hard as it was, you need that camera on. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that we're connecting, you're ten thousand miles away from me. <laughs> you know, um it just, it blows my mind. What we, yeah. you know, and I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know anything about Zoom or Google Meet. Um, and I was in year 25 and I hit panic mode. So I had to learn and I'm still not great with it, but I can hold my own, you know, in a virtual meeting now. So uh, the fact that I got on with you today, Gail, uh, Dale, is, uh, <laughs> you know, is a miracle, but we're here and I, I can't believe that we're finally connecting. Well, I don't know about that because your uh, editing skills and presenting skills are very impressive. And um, like Mark said before, he did a wonderful session. And by the time this is uh, out in the world, Mark, your session, the recording is live now. So if you go to summit.jugart.life and click on Connection Craze, Mark's talk, it is brilliant. And it really shows examples of everything he's spoken about today um, that, you know, this is really important for teachers, but uh, after the pandemic, more so important just for anybody, you know, feeling comfortable and building relationships again. So that's a great place to go and reach out and and watch more of Mark. But also Twitter, where else, where can, where can people find you? And thank you for your content today, Mark, and the great work you're doing. Uh, no problem. Um, you can definitely follow me on Twitter at Adventure Ed Guy. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, um, pretty involved on Twitter with our professional learning network. Definitely give me a follow. I'm on Instagram. Um, as uh, adventure.ed.guy, uh, or you can just look me up, Mark Friedrich, and um, you'll find me. You'll definitely find me out there, which is kind of crazy, but hey, um, <laughs> over the years, it's been, a, it's been an adventure and um, you know everything's been positive, so I can't complain. And I, I love that. And I think the lessons that you've spoken about today people can really adapt to those and take them on board because they do work. Uh, And not only that, if something Mark mentioned today, you would like more information on, or he's very, very good with his time. And he, and you can probably tell Mark, you are very generous and you do just love helping people because you are so passionate about it. So firstly, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for doing a wonderful session for our online summit. Um, And today sharing so many wonderful wisdom bombs with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Always appreciate uh, my friends from down under and worldwide reaching out. And uh, it's been an honor to be with you, Dale. Finally. <laughs> we locked it in, mate. We've done. <laughs> Thanks, right, Mark. Take care.